We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my exquisite friend. It's a beautiful, warm, sunny day. And I'm so grateful that you're hanging out with us here for a little while on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. You know, there's so much joy to experience on this beautiful planet. Adventures to treasure, people to love, endless possibilities to create, play, laugh, celebrate, and so much fun to have. But underneath all of our joy resides an unavoidable truth. No matter how deeply we try not to think about it or bury it in our subconscious mind, everyone we love, including ourselves, will someday die. But what if death is an illusion? And what if there was information available that has been rigorously documented that the demise of the physical body may not be the end of us after all? How much more joyful would we be if we were not constantly reminded that everything is temporary? Here to have this conversation and to share what he's learned and experienced firsthand is my wise, wonderful, and funny guest, Mike Anthony. Mike has been a professional actor and not professional bartender since he graduated from Wayne State University with a Master's of Arts degree in theater. It was in the role of the latter that he was lucky enough to experience from an up-close perspective the ride that Hamilton, an American musical, took as it rocketed into Broadway history. His first book, Life at Hamilton, chronicles his extraordinary time there. Beyond his life in theater, Mike's journey took an unexpected turn when his dad passed away. This led him down a remarkable path of discovery. He now spends time exploring evidence that indicates the survival of consciousness beyond the demise of the physical body. A part of Mike's story was shared in the documentary series, Surviving Death, which reveals information that impacts every human being on our planet. So Mike, thank you so much for saying yes to this conversation today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. So yeah, you were clipping along, having a great time as an actor, sometimes bartender on Broadway at Hamilton, and then sometimes at the concession bar. And then something unexpected happened that took you on kind of a Mr. Toad's wild ride. Do you want to just start by sharing some of your story? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, been, I, I trained as an actor. Uh, so I'd been doing that for a long time. And then as a day job, a quote unquote day job, took a job bartending for a, a theater on Broadway. And I'd been been doing that and just living a life, um, you know, full of fun, uh, living out my dream uh, as much as I could anyway. And, uh, and then all of the sudden, my dad uh, shockingly passed. Uh, sh- shocking just in the sense that he was, he was was only 60 years old and he was a very young 60. You know, we thought that my dad had the best chance of anyone in the family to make it to 100. So um, out of the blue, uh, he was just gone taken from us. Mm. And um, so it felt like, you know, I'd been living in one movie, you know, up until that point, sort of a happy-go-lucky comedy. And then Mm. in the next second, I'm suddenly living in this like horror film. Um, Mm. It it, it was that much of an, you know, turn my world that much upside down, um, like instantly. I've experienced a share, a fair share of loss myself. And it can be like the rugs pulled out from under you. And it's like, you don't even no, which way is up? It's like life mm-hmm. makes no sense. So um, what did you do? How did you navigate that really challenging 
terrain, that transformation that you were going through? Well, uh, lucky for me, my dad, uh, and, and I'm now convinced of, of everything that I'm about to say, and, and I, mm-hmm. I don't come to these conclusions lightly. This is after a uh, nearly, nearly decade-long um, series of events and uh, a whole bunch of, of research that led yeah. me to, to where I am now. But uh, luckily for me, uh, my dad, uh, while no longer in a body, made it his mission it seems, to make sure that his family knew he was not gone, not forever gone and somehow still around. Uh, Because had he not done that, I mean, um, for, for the very short time before these extraordinary things began to happen, um, we were in an absolute pit of despair. You know, mm-hmm. it, um, as, as you said, you know, death is something that we're all aware of, obviously. We all know we're going to die. We know we're going to lose the people that we love. But we're really good um, at sort of pushing that aside most of the time and, and just continuing to live our lives. Um, we really sort of uh, bury that as much as we can. Um, but when it happens to you, uh, um, it, it, you know, there is just no um, escaping this this sort of head-on collision with an ultimate truth, uh, which is that human beings do not live forever, at least not in human bodies. Um, so when when I was faced with that, my family and I were in a full-blown existential crisis because my dad was an amazingly beautiful human being, just not not an average human, um, an extraordinary an extraordinary concentration of love and kindness. Uh, everything that's good in the world was concentrated sort of in my dad's heart. And um, if someone like that could instantly be gone as though they'd never been here, I was having a real hard time um, get, getting out of bed. And, and, and like, you know, what's the point of anything at all uh, if we're all going to disappear like that is sort of the place that I was in for the short amount of time before my dad uh, stepped in and said, no, 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 not going to let this go on. Well, and I like something you wrote. And I've actually um, heard this from a friend of mine, that your dad was really good at communicating after he'd crossed over. And not all spirits are necessarily adept at that. Yes, um, I what I've the conclusion uh, or the theory, I guess, that I've now um, have sort of developed is that communication in this way, um, it might be a talent like anything else, you know, like some people while inside a human body can throw a 95 mile an hour fastball uh, and some people can't. And I think my dad is is um, doing the equivalent of throwing a 95 mile an hour fastball uh, in the way that he is able to communicate. He he is able to uh, get through in ways that are just extraordinary and and very clear. Yeah. Um, and I'm you know I like to be like to be careful about this, and I point this out in the book that just because. Um, a loved one of yours might not be getting through to you in ways that seem very clear to you. It obviously does not mean that they're not there and that they're not trying. Um, there are a multitude of reasons that that will that we'll never be able to fathom from Absolutely. from this side why um, you know that that make that affects the issue. You know, it's funny when I wrote my first book, Manifesting Love from the Inside Out. I had an editor who was helping me, and she was very skeptical of a lot of my content because I tend to be a little bit spiritual, and some would say woo-woo. And um, her dad passed away suddenly, kind of like yours. And she was in shock. But as she was reading my woo-woo material and all these Mm. synchronistic things started happening, she said the exact same thing you did, that she felt he had 
great skills at being able to communicate. And it it really opened her mind to some woo-woo things. It was really um, interesting to witness that uh, transformation in her consciousness. And what I love about your book, Mike, and the information that you've been studying and sharing both on your YouTube videos and your website, it's opening, it has the potential to open people's minds to a different way of thinking and relating to life and to those that we love that maybe have transitioned. And I think there's just a priceless gift available here. I hope so. I, I mean, um, you know, I'm before I became an actor and a bartender and all of that stuff, I had actually intended to be a science teacher, a high school science teacher. And that's what I went to undergrad for at first. Um, and science has always been, you know, a big part of my life. And and I have a, a definite, um, you know, my brain is very skeptical in nature mm -hmm. in, in that I need proof. You know, I'm open minded, but mm -hmm. um, I, I, I need real evidence before I'm going to accept something. So um, when I tell you that I now have zero doubt out that my dad ha survived in some form. Again, that is not a conclusion I came to lightly. Uh, I mean, I went to uh, great lengths to, to come to that conclusion. So my hope is that people um, who read the book will understand um, that, that, you know, um, I did not take this simply at face value. Mm -hmm. I, I really um, dove in and I'm hoping that people who might be on the skeptical end of the spectrum uh, will, will um, resonate with that and it might open their minds. Yeah, I think that's a gift. I tend to be pretty faith-based and so I don't need a lot of proof, but it sure is fun to have conversations with people that have done the work that just confirms my faith. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I love your healthy skepticism. I think actually probably more people would relate to that. <laughs> so I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it's a, yeah, sorry, go ahead. You say you experienced some things that were so life altering and grief alleviating. I want to talk about those things, Mike. Yeah. Um, it started with what we would call signs, right? So, huh? so things started to happen in in my life um, that felt um, that if they were coincidence, the chances were extremely small, you know. And it wasn't just one thing; uh, many, many things um, over the over the especially the the year immediately following his passing that mm. were happening that were that I just couldn't explain. You know, things involving butterflies and songs on the radio, and of course, I, I explain um, in in detail in the book these stories. But um, some of them were just so astounding uh, that even my skeptical mind could not let them go. Uh, <laughs> but what really started to um, make me think, oh my gosh, perhaps my dad truly is still around no matter what science says, because of course science is very clear on the question of life after death and that there is no life after death. I mean, that's the mainstream uh, materialist sci scientific paradigm. Um, but uh, mediumship, right? Which are people who claim the ability to to talk to uh, deceased people who are deceased, not in a body. And, you know, I was familiar with John Edward and Crossing Over, a show that was on television when I was in high school, and, and, and the Long Island medium. And, you know, there's a bunch of popular mediumship shows now. But I uh, figured that if there was anything to it, right, if there was anything really behind it, certainly one of my science professors would have taught us about it, you know, right after teaching us about uh, how how trees grow and suck water up out of the ground, they would have said, oh, and also, by the way, some human brains seem to have the ability to talk to dead people. And since 
no science professor had ever said that to me. Um, I, I just didn't put much stock in what I was seeing on those television shows, as interesting as, as they were. Um, however, mediumship came into our lives in a way that completely upended my sense of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, 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 the basic, the bottom, the, uh, the sort of the nutshell version of how, the, how it started is my, my sister contacted a medium. She came to our house. I, I tested the medium by giving my dad a private code word. Ooh, I love I, this story. I love this story. Okay. Let's I'll talk tell about that. it. I'll tell okay. you, sure. So, yeah. so uh, she, this woman was coming over to the house, and of course, I'm I'm very skeptical. Uh, so, I was standing in my dad's house, completely alone. My dad lived in a back lot in Connecticut, you know, sort of isolated, surrounded by nothing but woods. And I was all alone. And I said, "Okay, Dad, this woman's coming over tonight. Uh, if this is real, I need you to give me a very specific message." And as I'm thinking about it, I was suddenly flooded with this memory of when my sister and I were little, and we would beg my dad to play with our hair to help us fall asleep at night, something I hadn't thought about in years. But for whatever reason, this memory comes flooding back. Um, So I said, okay, that's it. I need this woman to mention my hair. I don't care, you know, what a, if she says a million other things that are correct. If she doesn't mention my hair, I'm not going to believe that it's real. So uh, about an hour or so later, she came to my mom's house. There were seven of us in the living room, and she started doing a reading. And within minutes, uh, my my skeptical mind was reeling. Um, thinking, you know, how in the world is she doing what she's doing right now? Because she was saying things that were highly private, that were not published anywhere on on social media or the internet or in an obituary. Um, you know, I was I was really dumbfounded within minutes of her beginning this thing, and I'm thinking, you know, how in the world is she doing this trick? Because according to science, of course, this has to be a trick. She has to be fooling us somehow. Um, But by the end of it, we were all, including me, crying, sobbing there in the living room, saying, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to us. You know, thank you so much. Um, Now, if this woman was a con artist, if she's faking this stuff, um, you know, you know when to quit. You know when you're ahead. All of these sobbing fools are going to leave here and they're going to tell everybody they they know about this amazing woman they met. And, and, you know, you're going to get a a whole bunch of work out out of this. But instead of just wrapping up as we're telling her how amazing this experience was, we were we were getting she was getting ready to leave. And we were basically, you know, making small talk at this point. The reading was basically over. And um, in the middle of a sentence, she was in the middle of a sentence talking to someone else in the room. And again, there were seven of us there. And she stopped in the middle of her sentence, looked right at me, no one else, right at me and said, your dad wants to talk about your hair. (laughs) And in in that, I mean, the wind got knocked out of me. You know, I, I, (laughs) um, it completely bowled me over. And and my mom and my sister are saying, what, what? Because I, you know, I had told no one, not even them. And I then explained the story to them. And so that was um, the event that kicked off. That's what really began this journey. That's how it started. And then it got even more interesting from there. Oh, sure did. Sure did. (laughs) I, think that's just incredible. I, I read about that story and I was just like, mm-hmm. I love this. I think this is fantastic. And I love, love, love the title of your book and the subtitle of your book, Love Dad, How My Father Died, then told me he didn't. 
Yes. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, by the end, as you said, you know, that's the very beginning of the story. And by the end of the story, um, you know, and I won't go into exactly what happened because it's better if you sort of build up to it because <laughs> it's it's going to be way beyond what the average person thinks of as possible. <clears throat> but um, all I can say is I, I, I on my word that this happened, what I experienced happened. Uh, and when this thing happened, uh, I was sitting beside a New York Times journalist. She has also written about what happened. Um, it happened. And what it was, uh, it, it involved something called physical mediumship, which is a different mm -hmm. form of mediumship. You know, the one that we're familiar with, uh, with John Edward and, and the Long Island medium and all of these that we've been talking about is called, uh, mm -hmm. is, it's known as mental mediumship. Um, mm -hmm. But physical mediumship is something else entirely where, um, as the name implies, it has a physical component to it. Uh, and in this case, something happens that is not a matter of interpretation. Uh, it either happens or it does not happen. It happens in a physical way where you see, you feel, you hear uh, what is going on. And everyone in the room with me had this experience with me when my dad uh, left me in absolutely zero doubt that he truly did uh, survive. And so I'll leave that story for, for the book, but I, I can say that after that experience, I now know that no matter how many Nobel Prizes a scientist might have sitting on their shelf behind them, uh, if they tell you that there is no such thing as anything paranormal, quote unquote paranormal, at least about that, I can say they are definitely wrong. So what happened to your grief as you um, explored mediumship and, and some other things? What happened to your emotional state? Yeah, I mean, for me, the the messages were so clear and so for, so profound from my dad that for my family, it it like immediately it was like someone threw a rope down into this pit that we were in and immediately yanked us out. Um, that's how profound the experience was. And I'm careful about talking about it in that way, because obviously grief is, is different for every single very, human very being. Personal. Mm -hmm. And yes, yes. And it's a process. Um, and um, not everyone is going to go to a medium and have something be said uh, that convinces them in the way it, it did me. And, and, and then they're going to leave uh, feeling relieved entirely of that grief. You know, that won't, happen for everyone. In our case, though, um, at least for me, I will say it did. Starting with that hair moment, um, I suddenly felt like, again, like I was now, I'm, now I'm in another movie. You know, now I'm in this like, <laughs> mystery movie where all of these possibilities <laughs> are opened up again and there's this hope that I see on the horizon. So uh, for, for me, um, you know, there, there's a, a woman named Dr. Julie Beichel out of the Winbridge Research Center in Arizona, and um, she's a fantastic scientist. She has now gotten well past the question of whether or not some people are able to get information in a way that science cannot yet uh, understand. She calls it anomalous information reception. For her, it is definitely a fact that it happens. And now one of the things they're looking at is how mediumship might help. Um, in uh, sort of wrapped into traditional grief therapy uh, as another sort of tool mm -hmm. in the toolbox because um, there is a lot of promise. Uh, and for a lot of people, it really can be uh, an enormous help. Really can. Another thing that you've explored and that I saw on your website is the subject of past life regression. I am a hypnotherapist. Mm. I've done past life regression for myself and others, and it does provide some pretty remarkable information that can really support us in, in gosh, countless ways. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, I mean, the way that I became uh, aware of this was through children who have spontaneous memories of mm -hmm. previous lives, right? So there's not, uh, they, they're not using hypnosis. These are little kids, often two, three, four years old, who say, mommy, um, can I? Can you take me to my other mommy? I, I want to go see my other mommy, uh, or something along those lines. Uh, there's been research done into this. I was shocked to find the rigorous uh, level of research that has been done into this and not just for a little while uh it's going on 60 years now nearly at the mm -hmm. university of virginia uh the division of perceptual studies it's now headed up by a guy named dr jim tucker who is a who's a brilliant uh psychiatrist um and he's the head of the division and um the evidence is so clear it's so um weighty that even the book editor for JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, right, which is one of the most respected scientific journals in the world, when the, the JAMA book editor looked at the research being done there, his conclusion, he wrote this up, his conclusion was that reincarnation was the most likely explanation. <laughs> um, now, most people have not heard, have no idea that the book editor for, I mean, if JAMA come out, comes out tomorrow and says, listen, uh, it, it seems that chocolate is actually good for us. It will be splashed across the nightly news. <laughs> you know, it'll be all over the headlines. But when they concluded that reincarnation seems like it might be a real thing, uh, almost no one heard about it. So that research is truly stunning. I encourage people to go to the University of Virginia website um, and they can look into it for themselves. You obviously don't have to take my word for it. Uh, Dr. Tucker has published a couple of books on this, as did Dr. Ian Stevenson, who uh, began the, the division way back, uh, you know, all those years ago, almost 60 years ago. So, um, yeah, that was a fascinating thing. And, and then the other um, side of that coin, as you mentioned, are people who have past life regressions using hypnotherapy. Now, um, obviously, anytime hypnosis is involved, science get is very skeptical, um, you know, for good reason, because uh, there are questions about suggestibility. And, and all of that stuff. However, uh, whether or not um, you're actually recalling past lives under hypnosis, what I can say as a person who has investigated this a lot now is that the effects can be profound. Yes. absolutely profound and completely changed people's lives. I had a friend of mine for my film uh, do a past life regression, and she knew nothing about this stuff. That that was one of the reasons I picked her. She had never thought about this stuff before, had never done it. Uh, and you have a video of this, a part of it on your I website. Do. Uh -huh. Yes, yes, MikeAnthony.com. You can watch uh, a five-minute um, synopsis of, of her experience, and it totally changed her life. I mean, she now walks around this planet knowing she feels like she knows she has lived at least two previous lives, um, and it also gave her sort of really fascinating insight into this life, this current life right now. Um, so uh, it, it's something that I really encourage people to, to uh, investigate, again, for themselves. Yes. And, and I, as a past life regressionist and somebody who's done a lot of um, hypnosis for myself, it has made my life, my current life, the way I am, who I am, how I'm wired, what matters most to me, so abundantly clear. And it's supported me in giving up a lot of my victim posture with certain mm. relationships where I thought I had been done so wrong because I was yeah. on the other end of it past lives. And it yes. just makes things here make a lot more sense. And I yeah. think your book does too, Mike. 
Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad. I, I, I hope it does. Yeah, just to say one more thing on that topic of the of regression regressive therapy. Um, there was a woman that I met uh, at at a an uh, some, there's something called the Michael Newton Institute. Michael Newton was one of the uh, one of the people who sort of published widely about this subject and brought it uh, into sort of a, a more of mainstream awareness. Uh, but there was a woman. Uh, they they were having the the first uh, Michael Newton International Conference, and I was there filming filming it and. Um, this woman had all sorts of psychological problems that she'd been dealing with for years upon years. Um, and things had gotten so bad at one time in her life that she became a full-blown agoraphobic. You know, she could not leave her house for a while. Um, however, and she was also on all kinds of medication. You know, she was on medication for that that uh, dealt with one uh you know, symptom, but that gave her side effects. So then she's on other medications to deal with the side effects uh, from the medication that is dealing with the symptom, not the root cause. Of course, mm -hmm. these, these medications are dealing with the symptoms. Um, so anyway, uh, she had a, a uh, regressive therapy session, something called life between life therapy mm -hmm. and one four hour session, one and it completely changed her life. Two years following that session, she is off all of her medication. Um, not She was not on a single one of her medications anymore after that. Um, and it entirely changed her perspective on, on, on life. That, that doesn't surprise me. I love this stuff. Okay, Mike, can you believe we are, our time is done? for now, but I'm so grateful you agreed to another show with me for next week. For my listeners, there's lots more good stuff to talk about with Mike. And again, we're so grateful for you spending time with us. You bring so much joy to my life, to Tony's life, and you make this uh, adventure even more exquisite. I love having these conscious conversations, but it's even better if you're with us. Please reach out to me at TammyBPhD.com. Mike, do another shout out with your website, please. Sure. It's MikeAnthony.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for saying yes to the show. Yes to next week. Thank you, Tony Pacini, for being our wonderful producer. And to my friends, please be in touch. TammyBPhD.com. Know you're in our heart, meditation, and prayers. God bless you as you journey onward and upward with grace, ease, joy, and ever-expanding love. Bye for now. <laughs>